Welcome to the Women Who Code podcast. You can build stronger and you can you can heal from these things. They they might feel totally crushing in that moment and and do and do take time to grieve in the moment if you're feeling you've just lost your law, job, don't feel like you need to open lead code tomorrow. It's okay to it's okay to rest a little bit. In the Women Who Code Career Nav segment of our show, you'll hear real-world advice from people who are currently working in the technology industry and personally know the steps needed to succeed. Welcome, everyone, to Unexpectedly Open to Work. We're going to hopefully have a really great panel discussion. I'm super excited to, to hear the stories. Um, let's start by introducing our panelists. So uh, first we have... Kelly Anlas, who's a software developer and technical director, uh, or technical leader and a director of Women Who Code New York. Uh, Raf Nabash, software developer and technical leader, uh, co-founded Activato, which uh, helps women transition to tech. And Anne Kilsner, a software architect and director of Tokyo Women Who Code. And finally, BC Josh Faladi, tech professional uh, uh, with vast experience in development lifecycle. So I'm actually gonna so this is my intro to you, I'm kind of warming you up. And what we're gonna do is, is kind of go through and I'd love to hear, first of all, hopefully I said all your names correctly, and I'd love to hear you know, why you're here uh, as, a, as, as part of your intro. So let's start with Kelly. Sure, hi everyone. As Tara said, I'm Kelly. I'm currently an engineering manager at Paxos. Uh, I'm here speaking on the unexpectedly open to work panel because I fortunately or unfortunately have had two experiences with this. Uh, I've been a software engineer my whole career and my first job out of college I was at for about a year and a half before a layoff. Uh, I spent five months job hunting before I landed at my next role. So I have that experience from kind of earliest in my career going from having a job to being unemployed and figuring out what to do next. And then a little bit more recently, uh, last year I was at Twitter. Uh, you may have heard a little bit about that. So I was also part of a layoff at Twitter. Uh, and once again, now I've moved on to my next role. So I'm really looking forward to speaking uh, to you all and with the rest of the panelists about what those experiences for us were like. Welcome, Kelly. Rafna, how about you tell us why you're here? Hi. Uh, thank you, Dara. Um, yeah, I'm Rafna, um, founder uh, and CEO of Activato. Uh, it's an online uh, community for women returning to work after career break and women transitioning into the industry. So I do the work. Uh, um, so why I'm here is uh, I have been um, uh, unexpectedly moved to another place and so had that challenge of getting into the work and there's like a lot of unexpected questions that I thought that I would never have to go through it and so uh, did that challenge so I started my own career like you know, as a freelancer and then I had a quite a journey on that so I thought I'd share my experience here and that's that's the one of the reason that I started Activato to help and support women who is in the same similar journey as me and so providing all the resources and guidance they need and also a community to support them uh, to get back into the uh, their job uh, so yeah so I'm excited to be here and talk about it more 
Awesome. Welcome, Rafna. And BC, I just realized, my bad, I forgot to, I neglected to note that you were the lead for the Women Who Code Data Science uh, track and on the Call for Papers Review Committee. So if you ever wanted to give a talk, you got to go warm yourself up to BC. BC, why are you here today? All right. Thank you so much, Tara. Um, my name is BC and um, I'm a software delivery professional. I've had my background in software development like Selco, working all the way from business solutions um, analysis up to quality assurance and down to product management. And so I've had um, a vast um, majority of my experience has been in that space till um, about two years ago when um, I had um, I had to um, leave work unexpectedly because um, I had my little girl who had some health issues and needed more attention. And um, I actually weighed the options and felt, oh, I think um, it's, it's, it's better to actually give her the attention she needs. And um, in that space, from, there, from that time till now, I've had um, so much um, going on. And um, one of them is I've, I've done a pivot from my uh, professional product, professional um, background into data and machine learning. So a lot of things happened, which I would, um, I'm happy to share with everyone on, on um, our, our panel on on our panel today, so I'm looking forward to sharing it all with everyone here. Thank you. All right, and finally, calling all the way in, I think, from Tokyo, Japan, uh, Anne Kilsner. Anne, why are you here? Yeah, uh, it just kills her, please. Um, yeah, I'm uh, have had a couple times in my career where I was. Um, I guess let go or just had to leave a, a job. I guess the first was when I was a PhD student, my grad school advisor suddenly decided not to renew me. And oh. that was a bit of a scramble to stay a full-time student and get a master's degree. Just right there, I got it. <laughs> and uh, a few years later, I was at a startup and half the engineering team got laid off um, awkwardly. And, you know, that was kind of dramatic. And then also in 2020, I was working at another startup. And while I thought things were going well, you know, 2020 brought some economic challenges. Um, our pay cut was, you know, our pay was drastically slashed. And um, we, uh, they asked me to work on marketing, and it was extremely stressful. They did pay me back later, but I, I ended up resigning in all the chaos. I was like, I can't do this anymore. So I've had a couple times in my career where I've just had to be like, have to reinvent and build back. So I wanted to share those experiences to hope that it could help someone else going through a challenging transition. Fantastic. Welcome, panelists. Um, all right, so let's let's get into some some deep dives on some interesting topics. Um, one of the challenges, and uh, I saw it a lot in the I saw it a lot certainly across LinkedIn and other social media about you know keeping up your technical skills. Uh, the Great Resignation. What are you doing? Uh, um, uh, last six to nine months of increasing numbers of layoffs. So, how did all of you? Uh, and let's start with BC balance job searching, in your case, BC, you, you know, you have children or at least a child, it's caretaking, and then also upskilling 
but and, but not burning out with as all of that. How did you sort of balance all of those different and how did you pressure yourself as part of that process and maybe hopefully figure out how to ease the pressure on yourself? Okay, uh, for 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 me, I um I, I was I was actually a time of pressure at the very beginning because um I I felt um disenfranchised because I'd, I I was out of work and I had to. And I had to also, you know, take care of a little baby. Um, however, what I was able to do and what I've been able to do is to um, pick an area, an area of focus. That was my first step. I decided to focus on an area uh, in tech. Um, like I said, I'd, I'd, I had my background in products and in business analysis and quality assurance. And I, I had to take some time out to um, identify, do I still want to go ahead with that? Or do I want to pivot? Do I want to um, search um, still in line with that career path? And um, that was the first decision I made. And that decision was to actually do a pivot for me because I wanted a change of, um, I wanted to know what, what data was all about, what's going on in this data space, big data and everything. And so that was the first thing I did. And once I did that, I then decided, I I, I went online, decided to look out for um, resources that could help me, you know, um, still learn in this, because it's pretty new to me, you know, so I had to look out for resources, things I need to do, things I need to learn. And the truth is, the the internet is filled with so much resources. I I got lost at the mo at, at some points, but again, one of the things I did was to um, look out for communities, people I could reach out to one on one to talk to. Okay, this is what I'm doing. How can you help me out? What do you think I should do? I signed up for a number of mentoring um, um, programs, which you know, in line with. The focus area I'd selected, and I, they were able to mentor me what I needed to do, and um, and and fortunately, or you know, uh, th that was how I get got into women women who code uh, into the data science track as actually, and um, I was able to uh, learn. And another thing I was able to do was just to give my time, give myself a time frame. I gave myself a time frame what um when to learn what at what point should i be delivering on this you know because at, at that point my my i was i was ready to pivot and so it, there was a bit of pressure on me as well as the pressure to take care of the of the child of my child of my baby so i was able to balance out by doing a bit of this and also by um preparing a schedule my daily schedule. I had daily schedule of what to do, how to do, when to do what, and um, a daily planner, I must put it that way. So those are some of the things I did that um, helped me uh, not burn out. Like a lot. And the idea of community is a, is a really important one. Um, at, as you know, as we know at Women Who Code, that's the whole point of is technical communities. Um, I think uh, another one that Anne, in your story, you talked about, you know, the startup was in technical all of a sudden doing marketing work, you know, um, did you ever, not marketing work per se, but having to be asked to do things maybe outside of your comfort zone, where there, um, in, in the other example, where you all of a sudden had to scramble for your academic career, it sounds like you've had to do a lot of transitions mm -hmm. in, in your uh, story. How did you balance that idea of, you know, maybe evaluating upskilling or other types of sort of you know, what type of job 
uh, um, that you wanted to go to next? Yeah, so that that situation in particular was basically I wasn't earning enough money to cover my rent. My my monthly income had been cut below where my rent was, and I wasn't allowed to keep coding, and I didn't foresee a future where I could keep pretending to do marketing, which I wasn't interested in doing. I was sort of doing it to be nice and people pleasing. And I was looking, I think I should just quit and just take, then the thing you get when you quit is you get time that you can focus on interviewing. But that also started a clock of three months. I, I was on a visa that if I didn't have an employer, I might have had to leave the country within three months, which is a pretty intimidating deadline. Now, any immigrant in the United States on an H-1B is going to have a much rougher timeline, too. So, you know, it's just it's just really hard to be um, to be in that position. But I think you have to sometimes weigh the consequences of what's my self-worth? What's this? Is this is the situation in making, you know, I don't know, we have power to reinvent ourselves. And sometimes we have to take calculated risks. But I just found I was able to get to a better spot by doing that. But it was a very scary time. So I, I'm not sure did that answer your question? It was a bit. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, it works. And it actually, I think, touches on to be unexpectedly open to work. Doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily mean you were laid off. Right? It means not that necessarily. Maybe this but it yeah. was kind of untenable for me to stay in that job because it was yeah. just, I, I realized that as much as I tried to do well at that job and also study, study for something new under the stress of being in lockdown, it just, none of it was working. I had to change something. So. And upscaling your marketing skills was not on the list. <laughs> it just It was kind of a desperate effort. And I thought this is not, this is not my dream. <laughs> so I'm fighting for someone else's dream. Really, in, in your realm, I mean, you, you, you turn around and you see Twitter in the news in some weird way, you know, with all the various, uh, what was it, the Twitter 2.0, uh, hardcore, whatever, you know, and when you were making these transitions, you know, did you, did you feel that you, you felt like you needed to upskill uh, quickly or that you had more confidence that your base skills would allow you, and it sounds like it did, uh, allow you to find a new role relatively quickly. So what was that process like for you? I think the key difference is this time around was significantly easier because I was applying for a job that I'd already done. And in my experience, like what we're ultimately talking about isn't really your ability to do the job you're interviewing for, it's your ability to pass the interview. And having sat on you know, dozens, if not maybe a hundred at this point of like engineering manager interviews. Like I know what engineering manager interviews look like. I've got a lot of experience. I have a lot of stories to talk about. So I felt very comfortable in this position. I'm also a little bit later in life and better settled. So the stress of being unemployed is lower. And so that was very specific to this situation. Um, it was the opposite the first time. So the first time I went out and I'd had, again, a job for like a year and a half. Um, I was working in like, it was at the time called Microsoft Dynamics AX. It was like a very niche coding thing. I wasn't really flexing my like programming skills. And what I figured out very quickly upon the layoff was that I, my coding skills weren't sharp enough to pass interviews, right? Uh, and that's, I think, 
kind of my guidance on this is upskilling is great, but I think a lot of times what interviewers are looking at is like, what work have you actually done? And it can be tough to sell some of the things that are in the interim, um, unless you're kind of very specifically maybe building a project that you're going to use to demonstrate a skill set. I think it can help to kind of focus in on like, what is the thing that I'm trying to achieve right now? And if it's for you know, your software engineer and you're trying to pass some level of a coding screen, like that's where you need to skill and that's where you need to get the practice in, get your reps in by doing, you know, it's like trite advice, but it is true at the same time. Like you do like your lead code and you do lots of interviews and you kind of get a sense of how strong of a technical interviewer, interviewee you are at this point in time. And that also gives you a sense of, again, what kind of interviews you're going to pass. Um, so I think that's kind of my, I, it's tough because it seems like a great opportunity to both like upskill into like other things, but in my experience, it's also very hard to then sell the interviewer on like, oh yeah, well I spent, you know, a couple hours a week learning this new skill. This is going to actually help me in the workplace. It's a, that's a tougher thing I think to get past. So it's really about, uh, in your in your view, and I, I don't know that I disagree, reinforcing what you have to, to up-level that rather than it's something brand new. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, Rafna, so you're in your circumstance, you know, moving, maybe moving into a, a location where there wasn't a wide variety of opportunity, and you're thinking, ah, I'm, I'm going to switch gears now. I'm going to be a founder. I'm going to take on a whole new role. What was, what was that process like for you as far as transitioning from what you had done before? Yeah, so I um, I was working in India as an engineering manager. I mean, I started my career as a software engineer, so I was going smoothly. Uh, I mean, not smoothly, but still, <laughs> I have a job. I had that uh, ladder that I'm climbing. I'm growing in my career. Then I I got married and had to move to US. <laughs> so, and my expectation when I moved here um, was high uh, in terms of like. Yeah, it's a uh, much more uh, tech opportunity. There's like more, there's a lot of tech companies here, so it's easy for me to get a job, right? I mean, I've been working, and so um, when I reached here and I started, I took a, a small break for that transition time, adjust to the climate, adjust to the uh, language, everything, right? So uh, after a few months, I started um, applying for a job and then I got questions like, um, you don't have any experience here in US, so we can't have references here. Um, uh, a lot of like, questions that didn't make sense to me, um, considering my background, how, uh, and so one of the things that I worked as an engineering manager, uh, leading, you know, multiple global teams, not just, you know, a small team in my country or anything. And so it's like, it didn't make sense. A lot of questions that recruiters ask. I mean, I didn't even get past the recruiters, uh, to prove myself to the company, you know, potential employers that I'm worth, you know, <laughs> I have all the skill set that you're looking for. I didn't get a chance in the beginning. Um, that's how, like, um, I started freelancing so that I can show that I have experience here in the U.S. So uh, in my journey, I kind of, like, proving Having an experience initially, they said that I don't have an experience in US, so that I have to prove myself that I have experience in US. Um, 
And then I, uh, so while I was working as a freelancer, I, I also worked with clients like uh, nonprofit organizations. So when, when we say nonprofit organization, then suddenly the question came and like another question came like, how much you got paid? <laughs> because it's a nonprofit, right? So you're not getting paid. If you're not getting paid, that means like, you know, nobody is value, giving value to your work. Um, so that kind of thing. So that's all like um, kind of like a, uh, put a stress on my mind, like, you know, how this job search is going and how this is happening. It's not what I thought. It's not what I expected. So those are my challenges when trying to fit in and, and be, uh, you know, coming from an outside, uh, from, uh, coming from another country and trying to fit in and, and uh, uh talking about it and and there's no other than women who code so that's how i i joined women who code because i started networking so that would help me to give the get the job so um all of most of my uh, networking event tech events especially uh, it's all male people like and also like if there is any women she might have come came with the, somebody so she's always talking to that group or sticking with that group so i felt like lonely and the women who code is the only group that i found that there are women in the tech industry you know boosted my confidence that i'm not the only tech person here or women tech person here so kind of like a you know that was my start and my transition so i started this freelancing getting connected to all uh, getting more involved in the uh, women who code community started uh, study groups so that you know i get more pe more get to meet more women <laughs> that was the main purpose of started starting a study group in in uh, bolder denver chapter uh, and then uh, so yeah so i went through that and i liked the flexibility of having uh, freelance work and i you know that trauma of asking answering or trying to fit in uh, into the job search was uh, you know was was unexpected for me and 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 i just wanted to continue with a freelance uh, job and then i started this community work and i really enjoyed it so that's how i wanted to see that if how can i grow within the within the uh, uh, area that i am in and 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 uh, one thing that i learned from freelancing is like i get to work in all sorts of problem solving uh, so it's not just industry agnostic i mean like industry specific i can work with anyone and in i can solve any problems and also i can learn um uh, learn like um new skills. So I started my career in Java and it's related to Spring and all, all those. And when I started freelancing, I started to learn JavaScript and uh, uh, Python. Uh, so, and I get to work with different technologies and there's like experimental phase too, like, you know, how to uh, learn new skills, but also um, use my existing skills into a project. And so that was, learning to you know learning something new and keeping my skills in you know existing skills in uh um, um uh, in yeah intact <laughs> and you kind of did it you kind of did it backwards right you yeah weren't, up, weren't upskilling as part of your looking for work you decided to turn your work into upskilling 
Yeah, so it's like yeah, so I I can showcase those skill set too. So when I used to, I I uh, in my journey, I here and there apply, started applying to see like what am I lacking now. <laughs> so every time I apply for a job search, you know, apply for jobs, they ask me. I mean, they pointed me what I'm lacking. So I kind of like okay, now I am what I'm lacking. I have experience, I have projects, I have skill set. now what I'm experiencing. So that's how I took the job search, like, you know, uh, the, the trying to think positively, not get affected by what the feedback I'm getting. So uh, initially it was traumatizing, but, you know, I tried to uh, twist it around and, and uh, made it, beneficial to me and and keep learning and keep applying so they'll they'll tell us like what's wrong with, with my skill set and All then right. learn, learn something fit into it so. thank you that was quite the journey so as part of this process um what unexpected or surprising benefits came out of your unexpectedness let's start with Anne. there was something unexpected yeah. that I think the thing is looking at the, the arc of my career now and I've been in t coding for 20 years and actually in the industry for, I guess, 10 now. And it's just like you can build you can build stronger and you can you can heal from these things. They, they might feel totally crushing in that moment and, and do. And do take time to grieve in the moment. If you're feeling you've just lost your job, don't feel like you need to open lead code tomorrow. It's okay to, it's okay to rest a little bit, but like what happens years, months later, you know, months later, after I, I got a 50% job increase. I became a permanent resident of Japan within a few years. Um, I have this like great new apartment and I have building this life in Japan where I have art hobbies and I work at a really cool company as a software architect. So, you know, your career is long and that moment is a lot of pain and that's okay, but you know, you can heal from it and you can reinvent yourself. So don't, you know, just, just notice it's just a small, it's small, it's small in the big picture. Yeah. That's what I'd say. Awesome. BC, what would you say some uh, unexpected or surprising benefits in your journey? Okay. In my journey, in addition to what Anne said, I, um, I, I figured out there were some interests that I had. And for some reason, you know, um, while at work, you would usually have this workload and um, probably you have little or no time to explore those interests. And so, you know, one of the things I learned, you know, during this the period, during this um, um, transition is, you know, I was able to identify those interests. I was able to identify things I liked to do, but for some reason, I just never had the time. I just never had, um, you know, the ability or the, I never had the free time to actually explore them. You know, so so th 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 that's one of the things I was able to learn during this time. It's usually painful at first, and I must be sincere. I was a bit depressed at, at first because I felt, wow, what's what, what's happening? My career is going. What's what's going on? <laughs> you know, but uh, along the line, you know, um, I had to get up again, and then you know, take 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 hold of um, my career and my life back, and then I was able to identify some areas that uh, I had 
some interest in, but just never got the time to go around it. So those are things I learned during this period, during this transition. Kelly, what about you? Uh, I'll just uh, plus one to what Anna BC said. I definitely cried the first time I got laid off. I didn't cry the second time <laughs> for maybe some reason. Yeah, Self-evident. Um, and that's totally normal and it's totally fair. I would say for me, uh, at least the first time, and fingers crossed that it'll be the second time as well, the layoff led to the best career move I've made. So I went from a job that I didn't feel excited about to getting back into writing the kind of code I wanted to be writing. I was at that company, Clearpool, for like five years, which really set me up for success for up until now. <laughs> I left them a couple of years ago. So you, it forces you to be creative and gives you also the space to do that. I feel like when I've done job hunting, when I've been employed, I'm less creative about it. And I think in hindsight, looking back, those are the career moves that I wouldn't classify really anything as a mistake, but just sort of like, okay, like those were kind of maybe a little bit more of a narrow vision of like what I was looking for in my next role. And then these opportunities where I've actually had the time to sit back and really explore and also be open about it. Like I posted on LinkedIn and I was like, hey, I got laid off. Like I haven't noticed anything. Like I'm you know, opening my net and that when you're employed, you can't really do that uh, for obvious reasons. So you kind of are both enabled and uh, welcomed into that, like more creative form of seeing like, what is next for me? Like what's really important and how can I make the most of the time? I think I was in, maybe more so in hindsight than at the time, like that's what I see is what those breaks gave me. I totally resonate with that. I, one of the times I got laid off, uh, uh, through a, a long torturous sequence of events, I ended up working at Pixar Studios um, for 11 years. So it's like, wow, that was fortuitous. Um, and Rafna, I heard in your story a whole bunch of unexpected, surprising benefits. So I'm going to lead, have you lead with a new question. Um, what is something that you know now that you wish someone would have told you at the start of your transition, your, your unexpected break? Um, I would say, um, uh, it, take a deep breath. <laughs> I mean, uh, so as soon as I got here, I was in a rush to get a job, right? I mean, so uh, other than like adjusting to the, I was always thinking about how to get into the next job, next job, you know, how to get into the career. Um, so it's hard when going through that, um, trying to analyze what I'm worth of and like what what value I can I can showcase to the employer that I'm looking for. And also um, something like, it's okay not to have a job for, or few, for a few months or few uh, as long as you want. Um, it's okay, take a deep breath and analyze yourself. And also one of the things, another thing that came to my mind that I always thought about is like, it's not necessary that, I, I mean, as I said, like I, I, um, I stopped my career uh, at, um, as an engineering manager. So what I was looking was how to start as an engineering manager here. So it's not necessary that you, to start at the point where you stop. You just have to find yourself where you can grow, where you can develop, what are the skills that you have to analyze, take, take that time off to uh, analyze myself and like, you know, how, what are my skill set, what I'm good at, what I'm bad at, do I need to upskill? All those things take some time, 
to do uh, uh, you know to do that an uh, analysis and go for a career that that fit into that skill set uh, not necessarily that you have to start as an engineering manager because you stopped at that point um, and also like not you know avoid that rush uh, i i did that in the beginning and i felt like i wasn't concentrating on that you know narrowing down what i need uh, at that time um, so yeah so as I am into more mature and experienced, <laughs> I kind of like, I would have done, if I would have done that initially, I would not have feel that trauma of not having a job and getting on uh, awkward questions and, and things like that. BC Kelly or Anne, do any of you have any sort of unexpected, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, something that you wish you'd, you'd known then that you know now? Okay. I think I think I would go. Um, I I wish I'd known um, women who could earlier, right from when um, I I you know stopped stopped um, um, working. Uh, I think I would have gone done a whole lot more. Um, unfortunately, uh, for about a year, I was depressed and I didn't want to do anything with, with, with it anymore. I didn't want to do anything with tech anymore for some time, for some reason. But then, um, yeah, I think that's one of the things I would have, I wished I knew earlier, you know, women who could and um, some other communities that can help with, with it. Community definitely is a strong theme I'm hearing and it, it's certainly for me as well. It's been such a critical aspect of, of growth over time. Yeah, Anne or Kelly, you, you have any any thoughts? I maybe added earlier, but I mean, again, don't feel like you need to just you go from a job to like studying for interviews eight hours a day. Like, pace yourself. I mean, it it depends if if you do have a severance. Some companies give severance, like in the United States, and so maybe you can take that and use that that money and that time to just buy yourself a little rest. Um, if you're on a tighter deadline for financial or visa reasons, you know, you'll have to hustle and do what you can. But even still, I took rest. I sometimes would go, I went to Chiba one day just to go see the ocean. And I played Animal Crossing in the morning because, and then I would study a few hours. But, you know, like balance your day and don't, and, and don't try to cram necessarily, like, just set up a, a reasonable schedule for you to learn and get interviews in the pipeline, but you're not going to solve it all in a day. It's going to take time to do and give yourself that time to grieve and process because especially if you've been laid off or, I mean, oh, there's different circumstances, but often you're grieving a rejection and a loss of a community and, you know, fear about your income. So it's, it's definitely, there's a lot of feelings and it's okay to have those. <laughs> All of us right now are wondering how can we get in on that a lifestyle of Animal Crossing and beach. That's <laughs> it was a little escapism, but like summer twenty twenty, what else was anyone doing? Um, but escaping to video games and yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Women Who Code podcast. To find out more about our mission and the work we do across the tech industry visit our website, womenwhocode.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Women Who Code. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel with hundreds of hours 
of free educational videos. Just go to youtube.com backslash women who code. Thanks again for listening. And remember to subscribe, rate, and comment.